0: ak Actung. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland, here to talk about the Second World War. Um, well, uh, yet again, and last week we uh, crested a milestone, didn't we? We have 600 episodes, Jim. Can you believe it? Someone said that was
3: 25 days
0: solid. Something it's like quite that. quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it is quite a lot. Um, uh, and uh, obviously, um, you know... Uh, we, we, we would, I mean, if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one there to hear it, would it make a sound? And if we were wanging on about the Second World War and not recording it and transmitting it, it's because of uh, people listening, you, 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 our listeners listening, that we're able to continue to um, talk about the Second World War like this. So thank you very much. And thanks for yeah, um, thank you. all the kind messages we had last week and some very sweet things from people about how the podcast helped them during the pandemic. Um uh,
3: I think and, it helped us well,
0: during the pandemic. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, let's be honest now. We did a tiny bit of reminiscing about live casts we've done and stuff we've done with the independent company and the community that's grown up around the, this podcast and how special that is and how a, an awful lot of it involved sitting. There's a time where we sat in my garden and just got absolutely um, whammed. Uh, whammed, which is. And then, the, then there was another
3: time where we got absolutely whammed where we were, we were sat up in your in your room. Yes, yeah, right. That yeah. was a soup night, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right.
0: Eat the soup. Nero Davola. We soup. drank a lot of Nero Davola because you'd been... <laughs> a soup. lot of Nero Davila. And we also had quite a lot of Vector, didn't we? Yep. Yes. Quite a lot, of vector. Point, that's a lot right. of
3: vector. At one point, a lot of Vector. Anyway. Uh, happy days. Well, housing days. But now, well, I mean, in, now, I'm, but I do remember, Al, very, very clearly mm. you saying, I'm just really not sure we'll we'll ever get back in a the theatre again. Yep. Uh, and, and since then you've done two tours i think and yeah. um yeah. A, and very <laughs> excitingly you've got a you've got a stage show coming up because i saw the ad in the times yes should um, good to see
0: you top billing yes well i mean that that's the thing i don't really that's the thing i still keep looking over my shoulder and go that can't that can't be right because the cast oh, is it is, it, it it's is. A fanta- an amazing cast and well uh,
3: neil morrissey and
0: yeah yeah Malcolm Droit, joe thomas um yeah. also all sorts of people um uh Carrie Hope Fletcher. Anyway, the point is that that's the. Th- it's called the Crown Jewels. Um yes. And it's about <laughs> Colonel Blood stealing the Crown Jewels um, from the Tower of London. I'm also playing Talbot, who's the man guarding the Crown Jewels. Who's an ancient soldier, who's guard. Oh right, guard- so you're playing Talbot and Charles II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, so I, I, it's ended up that I'm doubling up, but I'm quite excited about that because, as Neil mm. Morrissey said, that means you it's get to accurate. do two voices. Al, <laughs> exactly. It's all very Alec Guinness, right. isn't he it? He said you can show your versatility by doing two voices. I think he yeah. was being, I think he was being droll. But um, uh, uh, yes, it's very exciting. Although I have a heap of lines to learn. Although, as my director pointed out to me, uh, which is Sean Foley, who did the play What I Wrote and has just done Upstart Crow and, and is the director on Spitting Image, the other thing I'm doing. He said, Al, the thing to remember is the French word for rehearsal is repetition. I'm right, <laughs> like, okay. I get the picture. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to learn the bloody words, aren't I? Anyway- You're just gonna have to do it. You're gonna you'll be absolutely fine. But
3: but um, we, we all saw the ad, and there was a general there was a general Holland family consensus that a trip to the West End was in order. Oh, well, I'd be, I'd be. Um, yeah, we, were, we be all disappointed we all if on, yeah. you I mean, didn't come. But well, no, obviously I'm going to come, <laughs> but but you know I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have suggested that yeah. Rachel, Ned, and Daisy were yeah. a slam dunk. No but, no, no, but they were all very enthusiastic about coming. Well, it's out a
0: there. very, very funny play. I mean, the other thing is, is I'm wait. also now having to read. Although it's quite interesting. I said to my director, I've just started reading all about Charles Sagan. He, and he's kind of like, okay, he's more concerned that I learn the words, I think. Oh, <laughs> I thought of another book
3: that you need to, uh, and it's really, really rare, but I've got a copy, so I'll lend it to you. It's the Memoirs of the Comte de Gramont. Yeah. Right. And it's all about the court gossip and everything, and the ah, duels and the fighting, good. and Earl of Rochester, and you know, very who's much in, got, who's out. It's, it's absolutely it's it's like hello from um from sixteen sixty five. Barbara Palmer at the moment I'm reading, yes. it Barbara yeah, Barbara Castlemaine, yeah, yeah. which yeah, is absolutely yeah.
0: fascinating. Isn't and it? The king, the king's, cor- and the coronation, of course, which is you know because the sub the, the subject of the the you know it's 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 not a coincidence that this play is. Coming out this year, you know, debuting a couple of months after the coronation, because because after all, Charles's crown, Charles II's crown jewels, they'd all been melted down by the by the Commonwealth, right. and he had to fashion new ones. So he had oh, to reinvent amazing. the whole thing. Which I yeah. think is, which is anyway. On the subject, did I ever of- did
3: I ever, t- did I t- ever tell you though that my dissertation in my final year at university yeah, was um, was attitudes of the elites in the Restoration period towards morality, with particular reference to the Earl of Rochester.
0: Wow, what, what a did blast you, what that did you con- was!
3: What did you conclude? That their attitudes and morality were fairly loose. <laughs> <laughs> See, the whole thing was just about dueling and kind of you know yeah. shagging lots of people they shouldn't be yeah. and yeah. taking mercury, yeah,
0: taking mercury and dying of syphilis. Oh, imagine, <laughs> um,
3: uh, yeah. it was you- great. It
0: was honestly, it was just so much fun to well, do. I, first, I first
3: bit of original research I ever did,
0: really. Well, wow, it's yeah. fascinating, right? Mm. Um, so we're 600 or so episodes in, and one of the things I think that, um, if you're a regular listener and you may have realized about this podcast, is we are forever finding new ways. To tell the story of the Second World War, discuss the story of the Second World War, yep. and that leads us. And this is like this is like a proper radio link. This, um, to our next project, our next big project for, uh, we have ways of making you talk, listeners. Um, now some of you might know family stories, which uh, we put out on the Sunday, where where people have contributed, um, you know the stories of their families and their involvement in the Second World War. And this Sunday there's the amazing stuff about um a family in Holland that I was fortunate enough to read, but we are we decided that this kind of internal people's lives thing is the thing we want to sort of look at a bit more so mm. um we've got a new series called um called between the lines well what is it jim explain it to well, the Well i mean this came, this came about because you know I, I, I,
3: I've been obviously looking, working on all these diaries and letters and stuff um, recently for, for the Italy book. And, and, you know, we got sort of chatting about this and, and that, that kind of immediacy of it and all yep. the rest of it. And out of this came this idea, well, wouldn't it be interesting to do a kind of sort of soap opera where you're following the lives of people effectively in real time, but 80 years ago, so in ni- yep. April 1943 yep. onwards, and following them week by week as they progress through the war. but But what you're getting is the thoughts that they thought – in that preceding week yeah through letters through diaries and the idea is to kind of follow a handful of different people you know pilots people at sea people on the land soldiers you know home front yeah maybe kind of six to eight different characters every week yeah and you follow them through so so week on week you follow them and you know obviously some will come and go because they stop writing their letters or they get wounded or yeah sad to say they they buy it, um, or whatever reasons, you know. So you you get this sort of rolling cast, yeah. That that kind of is constantly, constantly sort of, um, well, it's sort of moving. You're moving forward and telling so. And there's some that might last for two years and be in every yeah. single show for two years. But yeah. there's others that come and go. And also, what you find with Diaries a little bit is is that suddenly, you know, May 1943, they they have a bit of a break for whatever reason because they're yeah. in a hospital with jaundice, or, yeah, or, or they're too or- busy. Or they're too busy, or whatever. Yeah. But but what's what's remarkable about it is is this sense of how their their thoughts on the war are changing all the time. Yeah, because of course their personal events and global events are constantly changing and evolving, and they're responding to that. And yeah. and we thought that was really interesting. So instead of the kind of retrospective view, yeah, you know, sixty years on, you know, I'm yeah. sitting down and I'm a veteran and I'm telling you, you know, what I remember about that time on D-Day or whatever. Yeah. Or the memoirs, or the the how memories get sort of changed by reading books post war or whatever. The whole point about this is it's in the moment and yeah. done real times. And so the idea, the ambition for it, is to keep going until May nineteen forty five. And then you know if if everyone's still um, interested and still listening
0: and we're all still standing, go re- back round to the start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, frankly, po- what's not to like? Well, because the, 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 it's interesting this because I did, I did um, so that and that's starting imminently because we've, we've we're starting, starting on Thursday. In, exactly, we're starting in, exactly on Thursday. So we're starting in April 1943. So it's it's basically what's happening 80 years ago all over the world. Um, uh, and uh, Pacific in the
3: air. We've got yeah. who've we got? We've got. I mean, we've got some really great people. We've got. We've got the captain. Heinz Knocker. Sorts, all sorts. of people. Got a young guy training in Canada. Yeah, in, in the air training scheme, we've got yeah. um, Oscar Griswold, yeah. commander of
0: um, well, the US air
3: 14 air Corps that, uh, in the South Pacific.
0: Yeah, and some interesting you know, means of transmitting uh, mail as well. So the air graphs are really, really interesting. Yeah. Mi- microfilmed letters yes. that you, that you that get sent much quicker. So, yes. so uh, the, with that fellow on the training scheme who's talking to his mum, and, and it's just yeah. their letters are literally going backwards and forwards. Yeah, and and which is as near as damn it, email really. Yep. it feels yep. like it feel, has the immediacy of an email correspondence. That stuff, and he's very close to his mum as well, which is which is which is quite interesting. It tells his mum yeah. everything. So yeah. so we're 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 starting out on Thursday, and uh, like we say, the idea is that it's it's a, a, the ongoing an ongoing narrative, but in the present moment, because on on Friday last week, um, I went to the Oxford Literary Festival to talk about Command, and it was very nice to see everyone who came along to talk about the book oh good yeah how did that go uh it went very very well but it's very interesting because because you know i got asked what what do i want to write next and i think i'm finding this idea of how do you how do you create a present moment out of a well-worn topic how do you make it aside from you know i don't know using the present tense to 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 describe events you know like aside from doing that how do you make how do you take the retrospection out. How do you remove the hindsight? Mm. Which I think is the the great, it's not trap is probably too strong a word, but it's the great, it's the great sort of, um, uh, uh, th- I think, thing to try and find your way around when you're writing history, isn't it? It's, yep. the, it's the it's the it's the the tricky bit, I think.
3: Yeah, I and- think so. I think it's I think there's a fourth wall when you when it comes to narrative um, nonfiction as well, or, or yeah. you know, sort of popular history of the Second World War. I just feel that I just feel we're we're reaching a point where we've kind of sort of we've done enough of the kind of just the chronological telling of the story. Yeah. You know, this yeah. happened, this happened. Yeah. You know, a few quotes from individuals. You know, there's got to be another way of doing it, which is one of the things I've been trying to do with the Savage Storm. You know, this new book yeah. on Italy. Of trying to tell it in the moment, yeah, yeah, no, no
0: forward projection at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and and that that so this may be a way of skinning that cat. This um uh, thing between the lines. So we that starts on Thursday, and we hope you um. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. I mean, it's the the material is amazing. So, what um, did you? But but you have got ideas for your new book, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so, but no, but but, but 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 you know that thing where you when you when you talk about an idea and when you discuss it with other people and when you you let the you let basically the, let the air at the poison, mm, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it it firms up your ideas around the thing and how you might go about doing it. And I'm finding yeah. that idea of writing about one day more and more and more and more attractive. Yeah, uh, but, I think you should but not definitely just do that. It. Well, you've got but, two great ideas. Well, yeah, yeah, because I because I do think because I do think the thing we've talked about uh, uh, the meanwhile idea, and funnily enough, it touches on a thing we talked about with with John the other day when we talked about Bougainville. Um, you know, there's this great big battle going on in Bougainville that no one's ever heard of, and you veterans of that battle who've spit, who've shed blood just as much as anyone else, and they're not in the ledger. They seem to have fallen off the ledger. Whereas yeah. you know the D Day boys all get all the back slapping and all the yeah, all the yeah, yeah. all the noble bugles and the slow motion flags fluttering in the high definition breeze and all that sort of stuff yeah
3: yeah yeah and yeah. the, Triple and the D.
0: exactly i just think talking about trying to trying to talk about it like that is is the you know that the, 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 there's a massive the second world war is the world is the greatest meanwhile event of all time yeah yeah like every single day is a massive. Meanwhile, and that, yeah. and, and funnily enough, that the the raw the naval historical branch that that war diary illustrates that really, really clearly. You know those days of the week that uh, again, there's another project that's percolating under. Steve Prince sent us uh, days of the week in the Second World War, seven days of the week. Yep. And what's happening on the Tuesday? Uh, and I think it's and that's Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, nineteen in 1940. It's all over the world, literally. Well, he has got a different day of the week from a di- different year. From a different
3: time. year, and we've yeah. just got to find a date where we can go down to Portsmouth and do it. Yeah. Talk about it's it. all—it's all—it's oven ready.
0: But the, if one thing illustrates the sort of the, the, the and, and obviously it would be the Royal Navy because the Royal Navy is 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 the British Empire's is Britain and the Empire's global expression of power. Yeah. Um. If it's anything, um, and the Royal Navy, the Royal Navy Daily Diary. Just goes right. This is happening all over the world, all at once. Everything, yeah. all everything, everywhere, all at once. Which is, I think, really, really fascinating. Anyway, that's it's the not ultimate. What we... Meanwhile, isn't it? Exactly, it's the ultimate. Meanwhile, it's meanwhile it, during the Second World War. It's like the biggest. Anyway, we were going to talk about something else, though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But but just to, just to wrap up on between the lines. Um yeah, So yeah. that starts on this Thursday, and that's going to replace the normal guests going out on Thursday. And what we'll do yeah. is we'll now do guests when we do guests. Um, they'll they'll probably go out on a Monday or something. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're not going to not have guests. We'll still have those, but between the lines, takes the the Thursday slot for for a bit anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and we you really know, hope if you everyone like, enjoys if, it.
0: If you like it, if you enjoy it, it'll it'll roll on all roll on all for the rest of the second every world war every week. Yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. So it's a way world. of following the Second World War through through you know. Yeah handful of individuals yeah. with, with different um, different experiences from yeah. different aspects of the war. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, no, we weren't. We were going to talk,
0: we were going to talk Donating about the anybody. Nazi nuclear program. Well, well, <laughs> just I think couldn't this, be more different. Well, uh, well, and it's also, but it's also a meanwhile because, because it is a meanwhile. It really the is. The Manhattan a Project is the you know because after all, it comes to fruition and uh, and is and they, and is then deployed of course, 130,000 yep. people working on it. It's the it's one of the most expensive projects of the war, though, of course, you, you know, that's one of the great stats that gets bandied about is, you know, so's the B-29, so's the Northern bomb site, so's the proximity fuse. A lot of money gets spent on that and is kept super top secret. Um, you know, th- there's all sorts of other, there's all sorts of other massive industrialized uh, 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 weapons programs that the Allies are engaged in because after all, and if you've listened to this podcast a lot, you know that one of the themes is the Allies have fantastically deep pockets and a, a, have tons of money to spend on on all sorts of all sorts of stuff. But the Germans are at it as well, aren't they? Uh, um, well, they are, and, and and you know, really, it's Germans that kind of kick the
3: whole the whole thing in the first place because you yeah. know this this is this is Otto Hahn and Fritz Strassman yeah. um, who who create the 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 theoretics behind it in 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 cahoots with. Otto Frisch and his aunt, Lisa um, Meitner. Uh, And these are all kind of super eminent physicists. And the interesting thing about Germany is Germany, as well as having this kind of sort of 19th century um, kind of vibe for militarism, also has a massive vibe for science and technology and engineering. Yeah. It, it's it's a really big thing well i mean they're hand so, in glove they're hand in glove though aren't they because they are hand really... in glove they are yeah. hand in glove but but it's it's you know there is a there is a culture where in germany which i think is is sort of surpasses other nations in many ways in in, in the you know you're sort of your, your number one architects and engineers for example their household names you know yeah. scientists and and, and, and physicists are household names, whether it be Physics Einstein. Is cool. Physics, Physics is, is cool. cool. This is what you're you know, saying. You there's literally truth. not a schoolboy <laughs> in, you know, in in 1919, for example, yeah. or 1925 who wouldn't know who all these people are. Yeah. yeah. You know, who wouldn't have heard of Lise Meitner and yeah. wouldn't have heard of, you know, Otto Frisch and, and yeah. Werner Heisenberg. And you know, these yeah. people are absolute household names, mm. and they're, they're they're terribly excited about the possibilities of of what can be achieved and and they're excited about having a kind of sort of global reputation for this. And this this buys into into the kind of rebuilding of Germany idea. Yeah. Post war that, that we're gonna get ourselves great again by manufacturing and building and quality and being ahead of the game and, and, and new science better than anyone else. And, yeah. and and you know that's all part of the Weimar Republic ethos you know that's how they're going to get themselves back on track and when the nazis come into power the whole kind of democracy thing isn't isn't quite such a big thing, but but manufacturing <laughs> and and manufacturing and science absolutely is at the heart of it yeah. And, yeah and it's interesting because you know when when Churchill makes that great speech in in summer of nineteen forty and he says you know we're going to you know if, we, if we're not careful, we'll enter a new dark age, made yeah. more sinister by the perversions of modern science. He's absolutely bang on the money, yeah, yeah, but fortunately. Lots of these scientists have Jewish backgrounds, and so have actually left Germany before the war, and ended up over, um, ended up elsewhere, um, I mean, not least th- in Britain, but also in you know places like like Samuel Goldschmidt, for example. You know he's in Chicago. But I mean, the, but, the
0: thing is, is this idea is kicking around though, isn't it? Of, of, of you know, because after all, Rutherford has. Rutherford has done his gold experiment He's he's he, he, and he's working with Niels Bohr and people like that. So it's not just Germany that, that that's looking at this. No, that, it's absolutely that, not just the Germany. Atom, the atom question, which is, which is after all why in the end it comes to bite the Germans on the backside it's, is everyone else is also, it's an idea that's it's an idea. If you, if you know your physics, you know that people are discussing the power of the atom and what's possible after all, Politicians don't necessarily know their physics, which is part of the why Einstein has to write to Roosevelt and why you know that has to happen on the Allied side. Yeah, but you're quite right. It, the, the problem, the problem, it, in a way, the problem for the Germans is that, is that these people tend to be of Jewish extraction. The problem for the Nazi, <laughs> Nazi government, and so they've scared them all off, or or are suppressing their science as Jewish science, aren't they?
3: Yeah, but but there are these, there the, the, there is within Germany this incredibly important. Think tank laboratory center, which is the Kaiser Wilhelm um, Institute for Physics, um, the KWIP, uh, and this is where they're they're, they're all at, uh, and also Heidelberg University, and also you know Copenhagen as well, and also yeah. Chicago, and and also Birmingham University. You know there are obviously you know it's not just Germany, but but I do think it is it is extraordinary how so many of the leading nuclear physicists are. German and and yeah. the f- the idea of the concept of nuclear fission, this idea of sort of the collision of a neutron with a with a uranium nucleus, mm. this this splitting of, yeah. of 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 the the uranium nucleus, this fission is developed primarily by Otto Frisch, mm. who is a German Jew, which is one of the reasons why he's bugging out of Germany in in, yeah. in pretty quick order in 1938, comes over yeah. to Britain, enrolls himself in. Birmingham University, and there he's working with another German, um, a guy called Rudolf um, Peierls, and, and Peierls is is um, or Peerl's, How do you spell the pronounce that? P e i e r l e s. That that word Peerles. is an ab-
0: that's an absolute trap. Peils, trap for an English speaker. Good, good, goodness knows because you know Germany. If if it's an e an i after an e, then it's you, pie, you always pronounce like the second Einstein, one, don't you? Einstein. But there's also an e. So is it piles?
3: Piles?
0: Piles? 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 Piles. Anyway, Eesh. milk. Milk. We're back on the old milk. Yeah, why well,
3: he comes back into it in a minute. <laughs> milk,
0: of course he does. Milk. Yeah, milk. <laughs> <laughs> Keep, Keep going. So, so, so they, they basically they 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 work out how you could they, they theorise how you can create An atomic explosion. They work out what uranium, the uranium's critical mass, and and the whole idea
3: exactly two, three, five.
0: Yeah, but basically critical mass is is is, uh, and this is my schoolboy physics. Is you reach a point where um, uh, the the uranium atom will split because it's overloaded with electrons. I think right <laughs> and, sounds about right. And, and so what you do, <laughs> so what you do to create the explosion is you is you bring about this uh, this split. By overloading the uranium uh with extra electrons. I think, right? Yeah. Um, anyway. Th- the bottom line anyway, is. but anyway, yeah. don't, don't worry about that, kids. You you yeah. just have a good time, as Barrel <laughs> exposition Basel <that's laughs> exposition used to say. Um uh, but, but, but basically <laughs> When did you th- give up physics? I go up physics at 14, I think. Uh, after my after my after my uh, uh, O level, yeah, so didn't even 16th. do
3: it. Didn't even do it. Anyway,
0: but the point, but the point is, they figured this out. They've theorized it. They, they, and they're they're completely aware of exactly how powerful a reaction this would be. I mean, what's interesting about this is quite clearly, fresh knew the right people to be able to um, emigrate. His reputation preceded him, and the British establishment. Well, yeah, well, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna need we're gonna need you on board, mate. So he's totally. not sent to the Isle of Man. He's not interned. He's not. Um, he's fast
3: tracked as a British citizen. It,
0: it, it, exactly. <laughs> Very fast tracked. He, he's sent straight to the front of the queue. But and- ow, it's
3: really interesting when this is happening because because it's June 1939 that yeah. the critical mass of uranium is worked out, and it is in March 1940 that that that, that Otto Frisch, together with Rudolf Payels... Paels. they produce the Frisch payels memorandum. Yeah, which is the first document that sets out how an atomic explosion could theoretically yeah. occur. Yeah, and what they realise is that you only need a fairly small critical mass to create a pretty monster yeah. atomic stroke
0: nuclear detonation. Yeah, but so suddenly but we're course, in the age of the atomic yeah. weapon. But you've got to, but you've got to, you've got to, you've got to separate the uranium two three five. You've got to create the create yeah. the make the stuff. You've, uh, and, and that that's not been done. That no. This is all still in the purely theoretical realm, which I think when you consider that an atomic bomb is, you know, the, the, the atom weapons are being detonated in 1945. You know, I mean, I, I always say, you know, look at the Second World War. You go from Gloucester gladiators to Gloucester meteors within the space of six years or within five years. Yep. Isn't that amazing from biplane to jet plane? Yep. But this is purely theoretical thing by physicists. In their heads, and in a published paper, to yep. a, a weapon in in five years, six years. That is, it's 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 a much bigger leap than biplane to jet plane, isn't it? It's extraordinary.
3: Yes, it it, it absolutely is. But the right scientists are, frankly, in the right place because they're in yeah. Birmingham and they're not in <laughs> yeah. they're not in the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute yeah. for Physics in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, so that's all good news. But obviously, you know papers are written about this. You know everyone's reading the, the Frisch Piles memorandum. You know it's yeah. not it's not secret knowledge. It's it's kind of out there in the science yeah. journals. And and that 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 high end scientist world is, is is a is an international world. It's not a it's not a national world. No, uh, even with the advent of war and the you know the clouds of war rolling in, etc.,
0: well- and other cliches. So, as the clouds of war roll in in Europe. Um, Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, right so, 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 but what we're not going to talk about is the Allied um, uh, atomic weapon no. program. What happens now? We're doing the meanwhile in Germany. And we're going to take a break and we'll come back to talk about the Uranverein. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Looking to invest?
1: Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with X ETFs.
0: Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. (laughs) James Holland and I... (laughs) You
3: can only say that in one way.
0: I'm going to speak... (laughs) Uranverein! (laughs) Uranverein! Wie geht's die die (laughs) Uranverein? Das Uranverein, mein Freund. (laughs) (laughs) Mein Fjord, das Uranverein geht sehr gut. Der Herrenswaffenabt hat... Zwei, drei, fünf. (laughs) Anyway... So, Jim, Jim, what is the Uranverein? <laughs> well,
3: this is the name of the German nuclear weapons program, and it's literally yeah. the best name for a
0: weapons program you could ever hope Absolute. to come up with. Um, I mean Manhattan Project, whatever. Uran. Uranverein.
3: There's a t-shirt, isn't there, with an exclamation mark. <laughs>
0: on a, well, I mean,
3: a picture of Heisenberg. Um, and but anyway, a f- so, so yeah. Auspicious date that it's formed? Formed on the 1st of September 1939. Um, the first meeting is on the 16th of September 1939 under the no control, rush, of- No rush,
0: lads. Fortnight <laughs> off. <laughs> no, fortnight off, innit? No rush. <laughs> War's only just started. Yeah. What's and the, then what's the, hurry? the hurry? <laughs> and,
3: and And the first Uranverein is, is literally all the leading physicists in Germany are all kind of called up, asked to become members, asked to kind of put their best thinking caps on. You know, we know that nuclear vision can, can, it can happen. We know that theoretically we can make a bomb. All right, lads, focus your minds. Yeah. How soon can we get this this going? And and this comes under the uh, auspices of the Heereswaffenamt, which is the yeah. HWA, the Army Ordnance Office. So it's a, it's an army-backed project. And, you know, obviously for the first couple of years they sort of go off and they're kind of working it out and they're trying to do stuff in their labs and all this yeah. and they're not making a huge amount of progress but but yeah. as the war is developing um, so obviously it becomes more important that the Germans think ahead and they think about yeah. kind of new projects and all the rest so in, in exactly the same way they're thinking about kind of new engines and um, uh, uh, new things for, to, to make you know, the type 21 U-boat yeah. for example or yeah. jet engines for, for you know all this kind of new technology and rocket technology and all uh, and so on and so forth. They're also kind of trying to accelerate the, the 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 atomic program. And how do you actually do this process of of fission? And how do you how do you create an atomic weapon? And there's certain yeah. sort of ingredients that you need, uh, not least uranium, but also kind of you know heavy water or other yeah. kind of stuff. All of which is quite tricky for the germans to get hold of. Mm. Um, but What kind of brings it to the forefront is a meeting, weirdly, um, in 1942, between General Friedrich Fromm, who is a kind of not particularly, you know, top-ranking, sort of forward-thinking German Wehrmacht army officer, but he's Mm. the commander of the Reserve Army in Berlin, and Albert Speer. Yeah. And in April 1942, Fromm says... Listen, mate, you know, the only way we're going to we're going to win this war is if we can develop some really super duper weapons. High impact secret weapons. Yeah. Too sweet. That's the only way this is going to happen.
0: Well, and 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 Spear, obviously. It's only
3: just taken control. He's only he's only only been in post two months. So he's got a lot to prove he's wants to. Well, exactly. He's
0: looking for and he's looking for angles, isn't he? He's looking for projects to control, budgets. He's looking the king right. of thing, to, things to get his um, claws into, basically, isn't he? And and if this is a if this is a possibility, yeah. Because after all, if you're the if you're the guy who, if you can go to the Fuhrer and say I've I've come up with a war-winning weapon, you're, you're laughing, aren't you? Is the yeah. is the is the point? And Speer, after all, all yeah, exactly. Speer is Speer is interested in Hitler's favor, currying his favor more totally. than anything else. Isn't 100%. It? that's the yeah, hundred percent. But he
3: also knows enough to, uh, uh, yes, and, and, and the phrase that, that rings in Spears' ears from From is, we need to create weapons that can annihilate cities, <laughs> whole cities. You know, and he, what he's not thinking is masses of, you know, mass formations of Heinkel-177 no. heavy bombers. No. He's not thinking that. He's thinking of like a single weapon that can come in and just cause mass destruction. Yeah. Uh, And Shapiro obviously is is aware of the atomic project and he's suddenly thinking, you know, maybe this is one to really kind of get stuck into. Maybe this is one to back, you know, if we can just sort of get it over the line, you know, and and how far off are we? And what he also realises is that there's absolutely no point in mentioning this to Hitler until it's viable. Yeah. Because otherwise the Fuhrer will get hold of it, it'll, you know, become all his focus, he'll bang on about it and then when it doesn't happen... You want to stick
0: it on a dive bomber. That's what it want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably a heavy dive bomber. Can we get a heavy dive bomber for this, please? Oh, mein Fuhrer. Um, we haven't yet finalised the uranium procedure. Yeah, yeah. More bomber. Exactly. Stick it on a dive bomber, will you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, so that's what's going to happen. He knows that. Yeah. So he's got to get his ducks in a row first. So by this point already, Goering, who is is still in 1942, absolutely kind of number two in the whole Mm. chain, really, in the pecking order, mm. and has huge influence, particularly because he has so much control over German industry, the yeah. Hermann Göring work and, and all the rest yeah. of it, and he has all the kind of remaining industrialists in his pocket, and also he's commander-in-chief of the w- Luftwaffe, yeah. um, uh, which, as we know, takes the greatest proportion of research and development money, and he has already issued a degree saying, anything that's not going to come to fruition within two years, forget it. Yeah it's you know I want amazing weapons I want I want vengeance weapons but I want them now yeah this is this is when it's this is when it counts yeah so spear recognizes that the nuclear program is being neglected it's not at the forefront and goes okay well let's test the water here let's go and talk to these guys and and, and see what's what and spear also recognizes that the way to make this happen is to get Goering excited mm. and get him involved and get his backing yeah. So on the 6th of May 1942, Speer suggests to Hitler that Goering should be made head of the Reich Research Council, the RFR, and take this whole project away from the HWA, the, the you know, the, the, um, Hira, um, Waffensamt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Take it away from that. And Hitler agrees. And so Goering is appointed on the 9th of June 1942. What has happened, though, is that five days earlier, on the 4th of June, 1942, there's been a very, very important meeting at Harnack House. And Harnack House is the sort of guest house and conference centre for the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute in Berlin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, built in 1929. And this is, yeah, this is the conference centre, effectively. And loads of people have been members of the KWI at P, the 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 Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Physics, um, you know, Einstein, Max Planck, yeah. Max von Lauer, Werner Heisenberger, Otto Kahn, Lisa Meitner, all all these people. So who's have who? Sort of, it's a who's who. This is, this is the great and the good are all there, uh, and and the current um, kind of intake are all there on the fourth of June for this meeting with um, with Goering, and earlier that year. Werner Heisenberg, who is probably the most senior physicist left in Germany, after all the others, him and Otto Hahn, you know, they're the two, really. Um, Frisch is gone, you know, various others have gone. Uh, Lisa uh, Meitner's gone. Um, So, the the, you know, Heisenberg uh, is is really the kind of the the daddy, and he's the head of the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute by this point. And um, he has done a speech, in uh, given a lecture in February that year, where he has talked about the theoretical possibility of creating atomic bomb. Yeah. So Goering says to him at this meeting with Speer on the fourth of June, nineteen forty-two. He's there. There's also uh, um, Kurt Diebner is also yeah. there, um, various others, uh, and um, Goering says, "Okay, talk me through that again. Just just tell me what you what you think." And Heisenberg is, yeah, he really is super eminent. I mean, you know, he he he's he's a a Nobel prize winner in 1932. He's from Wurzburg in Bavaria. Um, He has also been looking into theories about cosmic rays. Um, And interestingly, he went out in June, 1939, just on the eve of war to go as, as the uh, war clouds were rolling in. He went out to Chicago where he met Samuel Hauschmidt, who is the Dutch uh, atomic physicist. And, Houser says you can stay here you know so much money here this has got you can have all the labs you could possibly want you know we can fast track you as a us citizen just stay just stay and he's really tempted but he doesn't he goes back Yep. um um anyway so he gives this lecture and um and he and he says that the, the, the there's nothing theoretical that can get in the way of developing a nuclear bomb but it's a complex bit of old science yep. and and, and you know, you need to create nuclear reactors and these are not something that you can just sort of click your fingers and they just appear. Yeah. And there's going to be quite a lot of, you know, you've got to, you've got to create the reactor, then you've got to test it. It might all go wrong and blow up. Um, yeah. you've then got to start all over again. Yeah. Um, there's, there's all these ingredients you need. They're quite hard to get hold of, you know, we need a, for the process that we're thinking we need heavy water. Yeah. Um, we haven't got enough of that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he says it's very, very unlikely that we can do this within two years. Mm. But he also stresses to the gathering at Harnock House that there is absolutely no threat whatsoever from any atomic scientist, you know, a, a nuclear program in in America or, or Britain.
0: Which is amazing that he can be so confident, isn't it?
3: Especially it's arrogant. It- it's, it's it's because he thinks, well, we're this well, far away. Well, There's no way they can do it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It, uh, it, whereas of course, you know, by, by Few months later, November forty-two, Chicago pile one in a squash court in the Chicago University. They 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 run a nuclear reaction. They 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 get it going. And the yeah. you know, how far ahead? In fact, uh, and we're not here to talk about the Manhattan Project. But but the meanwhile, on on the other side is they're they're well into it. They're well ahead. It's being taken seriously, and they're spending tons of money on it. I mean, it is it is Heisenberg being arrogant, but he's also. He, he's being pretty realistic that, that it's at least two years away. I mean, it's at least it's at least two years away, and it's really, really expensive because they haven't even really properly started, have they? No. It take, takes the Allies five five years really to, to get the thing going to to, to fruition. Yeah, because
3: they start in nineteen forty. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah.
3: the interesting, thing, the one thing we didn't say was, of course, is that the Britain is 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 taking the lead in this. Yeah. And in July nineteen forty, says to the Americans, "How about partnering up on this?" Yeah. Because it's called, it's called Operation Tube, Tube Allies, Allies, isn't it? Tube right. Allies is, the, is it? Yeah. And, and they know that they haven't got the, the, the finances aware of all yeah. the, the, the space, the, the space, thing. anything to develop it. Yeah. They know they need the America's help, which is why they're kind of prepared to put their necks on the line, even yeah. though the United States is not an ally, it's not even a coalition partner in June 1940. Yeah. yeah, But it's also a sense of the fact that, you know, it is interesting, isn't it, that it is the summer of 1940 that they go to the Americans?
0: Yeah. There's your strategic earthquake. There's your strategic earthquake. Exactly. You right know there. this means Let's let's. Okay. Literally out outsourcing a defence project. I mean, it's it, it couldn't be any more rad, radical change, could it? Although, but what a decision! What what a decision! And also, I mean, that those that argue that actually Brit- Britain and Britain and the British the British Empire and the Americans are becoming more and more entangled as the 30s come to a close, because after all, lots of lots of orders go to the Americans from from the UK and France uh uh at the end of the decade don't they that actually things are heading in this direction but yes i mean as yep. decisions go it's uh, it, it it's a major one but we're not here to talk about the manhattan, manhattan project no. so Heisen- heisenberg, heisenberg says right it's going to take you a couple of years but we're not behind we're not ahead either there's no way they can catch us
3: yeah yeah
0: um but they're not there's just not the money is there
3: yeah, I mean, on. so what they ask for they'd say it'd be really good to keep going on this, but 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 let's not kind of you know get ahead of us. Well, let's let's talk, let's let's sort of manage expectations. We don't want to go too too far ahead. Yeah. You know, so they ask for funding, but it's quite modest. And and subsequent to that, on the twenty third of June, Speer advises Hitler that the nuclear programme might mm. produce useful things long term, but but there is no decisive super weapon in the offing. Yeah. And that's very different. What he does want to do is, but he, what he is saying to them is, keep going, boys, keep yeah. going. Because the moment we've got something, you know, you might just have a development. You know, it might have some incredible breakthrough. And the moment we have that, then we then we can tell the Fuhrer, and then we can kind of sort of, you know, press the accelerate yeah. button. But for the time being, if you're absolutely sure that the Americans and Britons aren't doing anything, then then you know, just just keep plugging away.
0: I mean, it's it, it's that's interesting. basically it's... the theory. But 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 at the same time, uh, and you know, 1942 is interesting for this, isn't it? Because because you know, you need you need your heavy water, which you're getting, which you're getting from from Norway, after all. Yeah, but
3: water- don't forget that's that, that's destroyed, isn't it, in the spring of 1942. Well, but that's
0: exactly the point. So if you're the Germans, surely you're looking over your shoulder and going, "Well, they may, they may be behind, but they know about us. They they know they know that we must be up to something, because you know, fre- freshman happens." Operation Freshman, which is the attempt to destroy the heavy yeah. water plant, is November forty-two. If, yeah. if you ever you wanted, to, yeah, but the German... it works, doesn't it? In I know, well, I know. But, Mar- if, ever want... February, March exactly. but if, if ever you wanted to let the Germans know that you know that they're um, developing a nuclear weapon, this is it, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it, it, it. So they must be looking over their shoulder and thinking, "Hang on a minute, what we're doing is obvious." So they must be doing it too. It's this. It's the arrogance is is, is really, really. I, I don't think they do think that. It's
3: fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. I don't think they do. I, they, they don't. You know, the, the, you know, from June 1942, it's it's a dead duck. It, it just yeah. is a dead duck. It is still continuing, but it is an absolute dead duck. Yeah. You know, and and the is you know the heavy water plant in Norway is, is not making producing heavy water again until June 1943. So it has oh, yeah, yeah. you know a number of months where it's not producing anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Heisenberg does get a pile going, but it but it blows up and he loses the heavy water as well. So-
3: yeah, so in the in the in the autumn of, of of 1943, he's he's got a plant at um at Leipzig, yeah. and he and he creates a kind of sort of you know a, a a basic atomic reactor, and the whole thing blows up, and and he loses not not only does he lose the uh, yeah the L four is the first test reactor at Leipzig, yeah. So so he explodes it and, it and it and it destroys all the powdered uranium they've got, but also all the heavy water, yeah, that's gone, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a big setback and this is this is you know this is exactly the kind of setback that Heisenberg is outlining in in early 1942 when he does his lecture on it he's saying you know this is absolutely this is going to happen but but because we're always going to hit setbacks it's inevitable in, in such such complex and mm. and and complicated science we're going to have setbacks and and those setbacks are going to eat eat time
0: yeah
3: and he's yeah. absolutely right yeah. but 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 had he had you know $2 billion dollars <laughs> and 130,000 people, then it's slightly different. Because, because what, what takes up the bulk of the money on the Manhattan Project, which we're not talking about, is... Yeah. <laughs> is 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 mainly the plants? You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's the equipment. It's 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 the machine tools. It's the same thing. Yeah. It always is when you're yeah. trying to mass produce stuff, and when you're trying to produce anything complex, it's yeah. getting the kit to make the kit that that takes the time. And yeah. that's what eats into Manhattan Project. And of course, you just can't do that when you're kind of you know it's a handful of scientists, you know, in a lab in Gotto in Berlin or the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. Well, and this is the other thing about it that, that that is such a kind of it, it is so crap from the Nazi point of view is there is also this schism develops. You know, it's absolutely yeah. sort of hopeless yeah. um, schism where you've got the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Physics which is broadly not very Nazi and pro-Nazi but but kind of pro-science which is yeah. is Keisenberg and yeah. you know, uh, what's his name? Strassmann, Fritz Strassman and, yeah. and, and so on. And then you've got the kind of really uber-Nazi outfit which is Kurt Diebner um who is in charge of who is still attached to the Army Ordnance Lab at, 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 and that's at Gotto in, in Berlin. Yeah. And is not a particularly brilliant physicist, but he is an accomplished experimentalist. Oh god. We, yeah, well, we all know that. Yeah, so he's your kind of sort of archetypal kind of sort of mad
0: scientist. Mad scientist, sort of like Blake with like with the Blake in the white coat with the goggles yeah. and his hair singed. Um, yeah, uh, at all. His face. I mean, the, yeah. the thing is, the thing is, they are. However, I mean, it's 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 fascinating. This isn't it, though, because the, because they're prepared to spend an absolute fortune on the on the um, on the V weapons and dedicate a site to it, and people and machine. You know, like you say, building the machine tools and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And and after all, the 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 V one is basically a pilotless aircraft. So whoopie yeah. do, right? Imagine spending all that money on that. Yeah. And the and then the the V two is is a sci, is a sci fi weapon, but but doesn't can't deliver anything like, that that what we're talking about here. It's very interesting that 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 they they just can't <clears throat> get their heads round how to prioritize their spending. Can they? It's, it's no, it's it's a thing. I I but I don't, I think that that
3: lack of prioritization. Cuts across literally goes, every, goes to everything. Yeah, it's the, it's every, story everything. everything. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, the interesting thing is, you know, we haven't. We, I sort of mentioned it the other day, but we haven't really looked into it. And maybe another episode, we could we could look into it. Is Tabern, which is this, you know, is yeah. sort of German for taboo, and yeah. this is this this thing that was originally developed in 1938 to um, kill lice on wheat. Yeah, and it's basically a sort of nerve gas, mm. um, and it's just unbelievably potent. And dangerous and toxic and all the rest of it, yeah. uh, and you know there absolutely were plans to put this into the warheads of V twos. You know, that would have annihilated your city in pretty quick yes, order. That would have that would have caused. But all they sorts just, of again, they just don't problems. quite do it. Um, yeah. But that's a distraction and a side issue. But 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 yeah. this is certainly the case with with the atomic research. You know, and and Deibner is kind of you know he's he's got all his mad Nazi scientists and he's doing his stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and Heisenberg is doing his stuff over in the, you know, his various labs and and based out of the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. Then it all becomes too dangerous because labs keep getting blown up and stuff.
0: Well, this is the this is the other the other their other problem, isn't it? Is that they haven't got New Mexico. Well, it, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Is that is that um, you know, if you're trying to make anything in Germany, you're disrupted yep. on a on a pretty much a daily basis, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it, basically impossible to, you know, every other form of um in, uh, industrial production has been has been uh, dispersed as best yep. it can be, yep. uh, b- because of because of Allied air power. So the, the well, idea Otto, that- Hans,
3: Otto Hans Otto Hahn's labs are all destroyed on the fifteenth of February nineteen forty four, mm. exactly okay. the same day that the monastery of Monte Casino
0: is destroyed. Yeah,
3: coincidentally.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I mean the you're not gonna you're not gonna get to build this thing let alone test it i mean where would they have, where would they have tested it had they
3: well this is the interesting thing so 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 diebner then sets up these new labs um mm. at stadtilm in in Thuringia, which i've yes. i've been to um and there's a, it's still um a german army training center and it's sort of a bit like it's sort of a cross between Rannock moor and salisbury plain yeah um it it's this sort of vast sort of moorland area where you can where you can do testing yeah. uh, and you know he he he's creating a new b7 reactor is being assembled at highgellock f by the end of february 1945 so he's still going on with this yeah and the amazing thing is that on the 4th of march 1945 diebner tests a bomb a dirty effectively a dirty bomb using hollow charges and enriched uranium
0: yeah, incredible.
3: And what they do is he sets, he gets all these sort of local concentration camp prisoners, puts them in sort of circles around where they're going to do the blast, sees what the effect is. I, I mean, I remember talking to someone who was in some castle in Stenhill, um and, and saw it, and, and it was you know the blinding flash of light. It was the mushroom cloud. It was the whole shebang. It just wasn't very right. powerful in the just big wasn't scheme of things. Very powerful. It was powerful yeah. enough to kind of you know wipe out quite a lot of the circles of of uh, concentration camp prisoners, but but you know. Create a big hole in the ground, but not not much
0: more than that. But that's about it. I mean,
3: yeah, it certainly wasn't going to annihilate a city. No, and literally three days later, the Americans overrun it, overrun the area, and that's that. God. And there is this mission, which is you know our old friend Samuel Gauschmidt, who I mentioned yeah. earlier on, this Dutch physicist who ends up in Chicago. He then gets called up by the Americans to to head up the Alsos
0: mission. And find out what find out what's been yeah you know,
3: well this is this is sort of this isn't quite paperclip but this is the atomic yeah. this is the rounding up of the atomic scientists so Operation yeah. Paperclip is where you're you know this is Wernher von Braun and getting a, you know the overall kind of plan to get the the German scientists and get them into kind of Britain and well particularly America um, but Alsos is is there and designed specifically to get the physicists. Yeah. they do, and they get yeah. They pick up demon on the on the second of May. By this time, um, um, Heisenberg is in, um, is is in the Black Forest at the end of the war. He's moved out of you know because you can't be in Berlin anymore. Um, and they also catch a whole load of them at,
0: at the end of March in Heidelberg. Yeah, I mean, the the, the question worth asking because Heisenberg has, has since retrospectively been sort of, uh, you know, was he was he was he sabotage or bad. Yeah, exactly and that I, I I think you know we'll never know of course that it's it, it, it would be impossible it's impossible to judge but the fact you know and the fact that there is no German atomic weapon doesn't mean that um that was anything to do with him <laughs> like stopping there being one does it no. it's it, it, it's much more to do with the fact they didn't have the money they didn't have like you say New Mexico and they didn't take it seriously soon enough they because exactly. because obviously because because after all the thing they're thinking of in 1940 is a short war yeah they're not thinking in that this thing might go on for years and years and years and how do we how do we how do we stop that from happening so their thinking isn't like the allied deep strategic thinking they're thinking this will be over in 1940 they're thinking well if france is anything to go by russia will russia will tumble pretty quick next year and then you know that's the strategic thinking, isn't it? So there's no, there's. It's little wonder they're not going to think if we spend money now in 1940 on this. In five years' time, we'll have a. a you know, they're, they're, no one's thinking about annihilating cities in 1940 in Germany. They're thinking about
3: no. But I also think that well, I, I, I do sort of slightly buy into to, to, to Heisenberg's arguments because he do, he's at farm hall. So basically, they take them all off to this 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 yeah. farm in in Cambridgeshire where they kind of they, they do the what they do at um, Trent House. You know, they yeah. they uh Trent Part rather, where they put them together and put lots of bugs in and kind of record all the conversations, as well as interrogating them. Yeah. And Heisenberg consistently says, you know, he was never planning to create uh, create the weapon and the rest of it. Uh, yeah. And in a way that that all stacks up because otherwise why wouldn't he have been more cooperative with Diebner? For example.
0: Because he thinks Diebner's an arsehole. Well and he does think that. He does think that. And, but, I, and- but 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 and it's always about fiefdoms. It's always about credit and fiefdoms, and no one works together in Nazi Germany if they can possibly help it. They're they're pitted against think a, I each I think other. What,
3: I think what's going on is I think they are kind of trying to. I don't know. It just it seems so half-hearted at the at the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute, mm. and I, and I think particularly after after the L four blows up, yeah, in Leipzig, I think. Yeah, you know you, you sense he's kind of, sort of slightly losing the will and, and consistently he's played down the chances of creating a bomb hasn't he he's right. always says it's theoretically yes, it can happen but-, but
0: yes but that's what i that's that's um that's scotty the engineer from star trek tell him it's going to take two days do it in one that's that you know yeah that's, maybe. How, that's how you stay cool isn't it you guys? Yeah, maybe it's impossible this is this is pretty much impossible then you pull it off and you're golden aren't you i just think yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, evidently the problem is, is just it isn't. It simply isn't taken seriously enough. And, and and even if it were taken seriously, Germany doesn't have the resources to do it. It just doesn't have the resources. It just doesn't to do have
3: it. the resources, space, time, manpower, money, but any take, of that stuff. But take
0: but take that sentence and apply that to everything. Everything. Any as <laughs> any aspect of the German war effort, because yeah. because they've bitten off so much more than they could chew. There's no way they're going to get this done. It, yeah. it, it, I mean, it, it's the, you know, this and the flying saucer, the great what if, aren't they? <laughs> well, talking
3: flying saucers, Nazi flying saucers, that's a, that's another conversation to have. You know, Hans Kamler and all that, we, we haven't done that yet. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, they were definitely working on those. those Nazi um, flying saucers. Sorcerers. sorcerers I mean... <laughs> and Foo Fighters. <laughs> but, you know, those Foo Fighters were something.
0: Yeah, yeah. They were, they were something. Who knows what they were? They weren't.
3: Well, they were. They were guided weapons, but they just kept. They kept missing. They weren't. They what? They well, they'd done. So they'd, they'd worked out how to get them into the air, but they hadn't worked out how to actually home them onto a, onto an aircraft. And so they they combusted, which is what caused the flame, which is
0: what was seen. Jim, you're just here to rationally myth bust everything this morning.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, but anyway, there we go. It's oh, all quite, It's all good.
3: Yeah, but but again, I mean, I just just stress that point. It's it's it's. You know, it's 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 divide and rule, isn't it? It's the same yeah, yeah. old problems that they always yeah, yeah. have. You know, to keep the Nazi edifice in place, you've got to kind of have rival factions. The moment you have rival factions, you lose any kind of coherency. You lose sense of cooperation. You, you, know, you know, yeah. America might have split from from Britain's atomic program in very quick order after nineteen, you know, after the end of the war in August nineteen forty five. But up until that point, it's let's pull together, lads. Yeah. You know, there's none of that, even within Germany, you know, within Germany, you know. Um, yeah. Germans are rubbed against Germans and and German scientists are. Sort well, of I mean, it, it just simply look it's at just completely bonkers.
0: Speer's attitude to it. I, I better not I better not invest too heavily in this in case it doesn't work out or or Fuhrer gets too excited and we get derailed. I mean, that that's not taking a project seriously. That's no. thinking how will this play out for me yeah. in my personal ambitions within the Third Reich, which is, after all, entirely characteristic of Speer. Top to bottom. That's how he behaves in dealing with everything he does. Uh, It's 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 fascinating. Well, thanks, Jim. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget um, that uh, Between the Lines starts on Thursday. Uh, So proper is too strong an expression. Oh, a weekly recurring... Because it's true. It's all real as it's well. it's we so
3: haven't... dramatic. I mean, it's been fascinating oh, no. seeing them all put... All the scripts put together where you suddenly got all the diaries, you yeah. know, and the meanwhiles. And yeah. the meanwhiles just work so brilliantly. They, they, they just... They all just link together so fantastic, whether you be a German fighter pilot or whether you be, you know, the captain of HMS Warspite.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you all soon. Um, uh, And like we said, Between the Lines starts on Thursday. Cheerio. Cheerio.
2: I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier.
0: And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special
2: Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics, U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger.
3: Go on, tell us, were those donations you made like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example?
2: So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, (laughs) Caddy, or people will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007.